Well, good morning and welcome. We're here at Grace Life Church in the, metro the metropolis city of Jimison, Alabama. Population 2600. Hee-haw. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have the high privilege of speaking to people all over the world and what a privilege it is. And so we want to say to everyone here this morning, everyone watching or listening another time, Happy New Year's to you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it is a time to be happy. At, at the same time, you know, I, I, you know a, a lot of us, and we talked about this already, the world's been through a lot. Individually, many of you have been through a lot of things. You, in a lot of ways, we had our, our best year in lots of ways. So we, we, we rejoice uh, on both sides of that because even if it was your hardest year, I noticed that you're here this morning. Hallelujah. My gosh, you, you made it. Amen. Did you notice people who didn't make it through? Amen. But here you are this morning. And so I'm not here this morning to talk about resolutions in that sense, because a lot of times I, I think this is a time that the devil fears a lot. And uh, but he's learned how to deal with it uh, with with most people, especially even the Christians, which could be kind of sad because we have this thing about, you know, uh, goal setting, which is uh, I believe in goal setting and and resolutions if if it's if they're founded right. But he's learned that most Christians make resolutions and he knows that he cannot wait them two weeks. <laughs> I mean, right now, you know, the, the people, you know, at the fitness places, you know, they're they're signed up new memberships like crazy. Ever since, you know, trying to get off that that uh, pecan pie and, and apple pie and all the, you know, the turkey and the stuff and they got stuffed with it. So they'll, they'll go in and they'll say, man, this year I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I, and I used to do that in the past. And uh, I just thought about this year and I was thinking about it, you know, and, it's, and I was talking about this guy. He said, I was going to make a resolution to quit all my bad habits for the new year. Well, that's a big thing. He said, I was, I was going to make a resolution to quit all my bad habits for the new year. But then I remembered nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> and I think it was this was the same guy in this in this next one. It said, what happened to the man who shoplifted the calendar on New Year's Eve? A calendar. He got 12 months. So he didn't, he, he didn't quit off his bad habits, did he? Praise the Lord. I have like 15 things I want to share with you this morning, but we don't have, we don't have, you know, can't go that way. So I would just have to trust the Holy Ghost to, to say some things we're going to build, build on it. Think about resolutions. When we make them, that's usually from the result, the resolve or the willpower of man. And, and man can have a strong willpower. I mean, you think about the people who, who uh, they attempted to, to erect a tower, that, what we know as the Tower of Babel. That wasn't by the power of God. That was by the power of an imagination. It wasn't even a godly imagination, but the imagination and, and the power of self-will and unity. And the Lord said, unless I go down there and I can find their language, he said, they're going to accomplish what they set their mind to do. So the, the will is very powerful. But I'm not here to talk about the power of the will. Amen. That's that's human resolve. And sometimes we'll go, you know, a few days, a few weeks, and then, and then we'll, we'll kind of forget that. We'll, we'll lose those feelings. We'll lose those emotions. And uh, uh, I think it's very important to have goals in life because, see, success is built upon creating successful habits, not events. You know, we've said this way many times through the years. Success will never come up on you and attack you. And seize you. 
hold you down to the ground and say, I've come to, you know, and just possess you. That's not the way it works. Success comes through much opposition and it's going to happen all your life. And so uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, most of us like to watch movies or we like to, uh, love, you know, there's a part of us that likes to root for the underdog. Is that you? Is that just me? We, we, we like to see the little guy win, the, the one with all the heart that everyone counts out. We, we like those kind of inspirational movies. A lot of them are, are based on, on, on true stories. Uh, I, I, was, uh, I felt bad for the, for the quarterback of Ole Miss last night. Uh, I mean, I'm glad when Alabama played him, we fixed all that. But I'm just saying, but, but for them playing the ball game, well, he, he was the number one or two draft pick, you know, coming out. But I don't, I mean, he either has knee problems this morning or a broken leg or an ankle, something. So that could, that's why a lot of them opt out. But he said, but I can't imagine opting out. I, I just can't imagine not being here with my teammates and being here with my team and not leaving a legacy on this field. Well, it looks like his decision was wrong. But see, the problem is when you do less than what you're capable of, you'll create a habit of doing that the rest of your life. When you, when you do just enough. Did you know people have jobs sometimes and they do just enough to get a paycheck? And they wonder why they never get promoted. They do just enough not to get fired. And so when we, when we create those kind of habits, they follow us in, in all of our type of thinking and the way that we approach life. And that's part of our character. And character is everything. Character uh, is what, true character is what we do and what we think when nobody's around. And so uh, that's who we really are. So we, 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 should, we should strive and we should have lofty goals and a resolve. But our resolve needs to be based on someone who's God inside minded. Amen. God inside minded. Because with God, all things are possible. Amen. It didn't say with your will, all things are possible. Or it didn't, you know, it, 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 it didn't say with your goal list, all things are possible. But with God, all things are possible. And God picked the most unlikely people to put in this book right here called the Bible that you would ever want to just handpick on purpose to be, to be successful. I mean, G Jesus, through prayer, picked, picked his 12 disciples. And you think, really? Really, 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 really? I woke up yesterday morning and I was thinking about Peter and I thought, man, I have some, but I'd, I'd like to have a church full of Peters. Just people who had, a, uh, had his tenacity. Now, I know he could be rash and he could, he could fly off the handle and he could do things and think about it later. But I like someone who has his kind of uh, uh, tenacity and someone who has kind of his, you know, let, let's, let, let's do it. I mean... I, I like the guy who says, hey, if that's you, can I come out here and walk with you on the water? Instead of professional note takers on Sunday. Because I think there was 11 more folks in that boat. And he did walk. You said, well, he drowned, but he walked. I said, but he walked. And, and you know, they were telling him, oh, Peter, stay in the boat, stay in the boat. Stay in the, you, you can't do that, stay in the boat. But he, he said, hey, Jesus, if that's you, can I come out there? Can I do what you're doing? And Jesus had to say, oh, no, Peter, don't, don't attempt the supernatural. No, don't ever try this at home. He said, it is me. Come on. And as long as he, he kept his focus on Jesus. That's, that's the biggest thing right there through any year. Through any year it, it is, is remaining to stay focused. That's what the enemy is. I mean... Hey, he is, he, he is everything Pam said he was, but, but he's, he's incredibly good at what he does. Amen. 
He's had a lot of practice. He says thousands of years to, to watch the human behavior and understand it. And many people have fallen because of him. And so broken focus is the number one, I think is one of the number one things that the enemy uses against us. And of course, you know, just the spirit of deception, but he uses both of them together. But I'm telling you, there's things that can happen today. Today. Amen. Today. This morning while we're here, it's about 11.07 or 11.08 according to that clock back there. Did you know by 11, by 11.15, over in three seconds, the greatest miracle that, that you ever imagined could happen while you're sitting there? Amen. Did you know within the next five minutes you could be healed of everything that's going on in your body and no one ever lay hands on you, never get a word of knowledge, never do anything? Don't tell the Lord how to do what he knows how to do. Praise the Lord. You know, when the glory came down and even in the old covenant, it came down so thick the minister couldn't stand. No one could stand and no one could preach. Everybody was en engulfed in the, in the glory of God, which is the presence of God. And so I, I love to hear what the prophets are saying, you know, because the Lord still speaks by the prophets. But, you know, he also speaks to you. Sometimes he'll take a. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll take something and he'll personalize that or through a scripture. And he'll personalize it just for your life. And you need to do like Pam was talking about. And you need to take that and do good warfare with it. Amen. But I, I want to go. This is not my message, but it, uh, it was some time ago. And I, uh, I, I want to just give this to you quickly so we can get to where we need to get to. But this is just as important because God is what God is doing this morning is not just corporately, but he's doing it personally. In other words, you're his, God has a family and he has children, but I'm talking about you. Pam was talking about you. I want to talk about you some more. Just a bit. I want to talk about you. God is, is a personal spirit to you. And, there, and don't turn there, but Psalms 25, 14 says friendship in, the, in the, the old living Bible. Not the new living, but the living Bible 25, 14 says friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. He said, you, he said, I want to be friends with you. Well, he said, well, if, we, if, if we reverence him, we worship him, we honor him, we respect him, we esteem him. He, he says, we can have intimate fellowship with him and relationship with him. But what, what I want to cover about four things real quickly to get on to uh, where we need to head to this morning. But th this is why God is so vast in our thinking um, let me get my phone here because I got something here and I didn't uh, because I don't care who you are, how, how educated that you are or uh, what you might know, how many degrees that you have. No one's going to be able to adequately stand up before you and say, let me explain God to you. Now, you know this from school that. The speed of light in a vacuum travels at 186,200 miles per second. Because some people think, it's like Andrew Womack said one time, or one of his phrases, he says that, you know, most people believe God can do anything, but they don't believe he's ever done very much. Or they think God will do, but it's just slow. It's just slow in getting here. <clears throat> well, where do we get God is slow? Who said, let there be light? Okay, well, did, did light take off slow? 
186,282 miles per second. It said if you were to translate into miles per hour, like we would know in a vehicle, it'd be 670,616,629 miles per hour. I would want to be in that car. <laughs> would you? Would you? <laughs> huh? No, no, wait a minute. <laughs> How fast? If you translate it into miles per hour, light speed is at 670 million, 616,629 miles per hour if you translate light per second into miles per hour. I'm going to say that's pretty fast. What state trooper's going to pull you over with that? Huh? It says the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird is the fastest jet aircraft in the world, reaching speeds of Mach 3.3, which is more than 3,500 um, kphs, uh, which is equivalent to, in other words, the, the Lockheed Blackbird can travel at 2,100 miles per hour. 21 miles per hour. So you could get from Birmingham if they had one to Atlanta pretty quick. Yeah. Don't you think? Well, that's, that's and, and uh, we, we, we've had technology to increase that twice. Man's has already doubled that twice, but, but the, they've not, they haven't found a way to perfect it because uh, the engines will do it, but in other words, the outer casing of the airplane, all the components of it, 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 can't, it can't handle the force of it or the heat of it. So many people have died in the cockpit, you know, saying, man, we're gonna, we got something's going to go 4,000 miles an hour. And it did until it didn't. So they've had to back off to where, you know, someone who can and knows how to has survived this right here. So the, the, these, are, these are your fighter jets. So when they're coming in to, to fight and to bomb, they're coming in at over 2,000 miles an hour. And, uh, but you don't, I, I don't really see God's that impressed with that. Uh, he said, he said, bless the heart there in the stone age. He said, I move at 670,616,629 miles per hour. And they're going 2,001 now. It's like a moped. <laughs> so you can't take a, you can't even take a statement from the prophet and put it in a nutshell and cover everything that God is wanting to say to us this year. And, and here's why. I'm going to go real fast with this. This is because God is infinite. How many of you believe that? That means he has no limits. It means he knows no boundaries. That means he's not confined to the dimensions of space. That means his, his love, his holiness, his mercy, and other qualities are unlimited to the scope and expression. You, you can't explain him because he's all existent. Unlike everything else in the entire universe, he has no beginning because he's the creator. He's the only one who existed outside of the created order. He created everything, but he's the only one. He's the only one who can live outside of what he created. How do you explain that? Give me an intelligent word for God for this year. We, do you know that God's eternal? It's because he's not bound by dimension of time. He created time as a temporary context for his creation. With God, everything that has ever happened or ever will happen has already occurred with his awareness God encompasses all eternity. Did you hear what I said? I said with God, everything that, is, that has ever happened or everything that has or will happen has already occurred. God was here today before we were here. 
was talking about God being that Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. If you, if you think about the weightiness of that statement, that God had this conversation Pam was talking about with, with the Holy Spirit and Jesus of, of what they knew was going to happen, but God, he wanted a family anyway. So they had a kind of what you might say cut a deal anyway, and Jesus did that. He laid his life down. He said, in other words, I'll, I'm going to go from deity to a human. Because it'll, it'll take, I mean, they're going to die because of their sin, and it's going to take a man to redeem a man. But it can't be the seed of a man on the earth, because all, all all the seeds corrupt through Adam. So so what a plant! But there had to be. The scripture says because Jesus was willing to lay his life down. Philippians said because. He was so highly exalted, but he laid his life down. Therefore, the father highly exalted him and picked him up and placed him far above. Now, that's awesome what he did for Jesus. But, but, but you know this. Ephesians 2 said when he picked up Jesus, he picked you up at the same time. Huh? Now, I don't know if you believe that or not. You've only heard it like thousands of times in this church. But I don't know if you believe that or not. Am I preaching to any believers at all? Is, it, is this just some book you got at the Bible store or, you know, you, you, your granny gave it to you or, or, or whatever? Or do you actually believe that? The God, the Jesus himself, the, the God was incarnate in Christ. Jesus was the incarnation of God. In, that, in other words, God took on a human form. It's actually, it was God that, went, that came in Jesus. Actually, God went to the cross. Now, you're talking about a love for people that God, the creator of all this that we're talking about, who can travel faster than that airplane, would actually become a human himself and go to the cross through his son, the incarnation of Christ, and go to the places of hell and not only make a way for the fallen, but take responsibility. In other words, we fail and he took responsibility for our fall. Did you hear what I said? He took the responsibility for our sin. He didn't just fix it. He says, it's as if I have done this, and so I'm going to fix this. In other words, I made them, and, and, and I knew there was going to be some things here, so I'm taking responsibility for it. You say, but you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. You know, I'm, I, I, I care in a sense if it's hurting and wrecking your life. But you, quit, quit trying to unqualify what he's already qualified. He said, well, you don't have no idea, Pastor. I smoked three joints on the way here. Well, I'm glad you made it. You're probably still feeling high. So you're in a good mood. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Maybe somebody's going to slip in while your guard's down. <laughs> My mother's dad was, a, was an alcoholic. She never really knew him. She left home at 16 Get out of Alabama and went, got her a job, went to Michigan. 16 years old, lived in an upstairs apartment above a garage. Worked in the drugstore because she'd been working fields all her life. Four sisters. Survival. Mules. Plowing. Four girls. She said, you know, she said, this is where we built the house. She said, this right here. She said, we're, we'd come down here in the creek and we'd come down here with rub boards. And this is where we, this is where we washed our clothes on rub boards. Our sacks, you know, all of our dresses was nothing more than feed sacks. 
what we ate was the eggs that came from our chickens and the hogs that we raised and the milk that we drank was from our cows. And maybe we got, if we got the harvest in, we could go to school. So later on in life, she had to, you know, she went back to get her GED because she never, she missed so much school trying to survive. She wanted to be, you know, in, in nursing, so she had to have, take a lot of courses and get her GED to do it. I ain't been to nothing like that. <laughs> That's why she didn't put up with a lot of flack off us. You know, like I don't feel good. She said, "You know, come on, I can help all your feelings." <laughs> they didn't have time to play, huh? But they were tough. They were tough, and uh, and, and so. There's something that happened here that, that God took responsibility for mankind's fall. Amen. And Jesus went to the pit. You know, you, you know why he doesn't want you in hell? He knows what it's like. He's been there. He's been there. He knows how terrifying it is. He does not want you there. But God, but God raised him up when sin was satisfied forever. Amen. Not to your next sin. You see, if you was only saved for your next sin, then what's the difference between a new covenant and an old covenant? That's what they had, no covenant. Right? They just had to come, you know, sometimes more than annually, but they had to come annually and make sacrifices again for everything. But Hebrews 8 and 10 said Jesus did it one time, sat down and said, it's over. He said, he, says, he said, the priest of old time, he said, they stood daily. Doing this. And they do it over and over every year. He said, Jesus went in one time for all people, for all time, did the work, sat down. He said, it's over. <laughs> now let your body and your mind catch up to that. So I said, well, I can't quit this. I ain't been able to quit that. That's all right. Well, no, no big deal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I used to try to preach that out of you. Preach hell so hard, I just tried to burn the hell out of you. Scare you out of it. Now, the Lord showed me better. He said, don't, don't make the hell so hot you try to burn sin out of them. He said, just love the hell out of them. He said, did you cuss? I said, no. I mean, hell is a word, right? All, all that's from hell, right? It's just, it, it's just whatever. Amen. It's just whatever. Amen. Amen. Jesus paid for it. You're his kid. You're in his hand. First John, Epistle of John, he says, he says the, the one that's come to me, he said, he's in my hand. He said, the, the enemy can't touch him and he can't get him out of my hand. Can't get him out of my hand. You say, well, what, 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 but, but if they're over involved, no, he said, no, he, he's born again. He's in my hand. He said, I'd like to see a devil try to get him out of my hand. What devil thinks he can get him, get him out of my hand? Romans 8 says, if God's for you, he says, who? Who? He says, what? Who? What? Could be against you. He said, do you think there's something that can separate you from my love from you? Well, I said a bad word. Or well, I did this or I did that. Well, quit. We'll quit. Stop it. So I knew counseling, you know, I just send people to Bob Newhart's, you know, the video. And stop it. <laughs> just, just stop it. <laughs> it fixes most things. Pastors really like that video a whole lot. I mean, then, you know, all the folks don't, but. Pastors have shared that, you know, to other pastors, you know, through years. It's like, wow, that's amazing. That's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, it's laughter. But you know, if you never watched it, just, just type in Bob Newhart, stop it. Miss <laughs> uh, Julia sent it to me years ago. And, and uh, her dad, uh, he says, send this to, 
to him. He, he said, he, if he hadn't saw it, he'll like it. He was right. The best thing he could have ever sent me. I watched it like 50 times in one day. <laughs> How many of you ever saw it? Watch Bob. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Remember, he, she says, yeah, but I have problems with someone. She said, we don't go there. We don't go there. Remember, she was afraid that she, uh, she had a phobia that she was going to be buried alive in a box. He says, well, has, has anyone ever tried to bury you alive in a box? She said, no. He says, well, stop it. <laughs> and they kept that up. And she had this problem. She had this phobia. And he said, he, and he, you know, he said most people only come here five minutes to be $5. She said, well, that's a deal. That's a deal. He says, now, I don't make change. She said, well, okay. He says, ready, go. Go, we'll do what? So she told him his problem. And he said, well, just stop it. She said, that's it? Yeah. Well, what, well you know, what else? And four or five things she told him. And then she got mad with his, you know, with his uh, tactics of saying, she said, I don't like this. I don't like it. He says, you think we're moving along too fast? He, she said, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like you just tell me just to stop it. He said, okay. He said, well, I guess we're through. She said, no, I paid for the full five minutes. He says, okay. Well. He says, so you want the full five minutes? Yeah. He says, okay. He said, well, now this you may want to write down because she wanted to know, did she need pencil and paper the first time? He says, no, I don't think you will. He says, most people never need it for my, my help because it's just going to be stop it, right? Now, her original problem was what? She had this phobia that she was going to die because someone was going to bury her alive in a box. So he just kept on telling her, whatever problem is, stop it. He says, you kook, stop it. <laughs> you want to do this? Stop it. <laughs> you know, you eat your food and you go, stop that, stop it. So she didn't like that tactic, just being told, stop it. She said, you stop it. He said, oh, you don't, so you don't, you don't like this? She said, no. He said, okay, you probably need a notepad if you want the full five minutes. She got a notepad. He says, uh, he said, okay, you ready? She said, yeah, go. He says, okay. He says, stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box. <laughs> now, that's a good therapist. <laughs> she needed some answers. <laughs> if you're afraid that you're going to be buried alive in a box, stop it or I'll do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we, we said that God's eternal. He's not bound by dimension of time because he created time as a temporary context for his creation. God is also self-sufficient, which means all creation relies on God for existence, but he has no need for anything. He does not need your help. He only offers you and I the privilege of being involved with him in the fulfillment of his purposes. He allows us the high privilege to be involved with him, but he really doesn't need your or my help. Because God is gloriously incomprehensible. He's also a personal spirit. Through his infinite love and goodness, he has provided a way for us to have an authentic personal relationship with him. First, God revealed himself to us in his word, the Bible. The scriptures provide us with a clear description of what God is like and what's important to him. Second, God came down from heaven to live on earth for 33 years. Human beings could observe the incarnate God through their senses as they walk and talk with his son Jesus. Thirdly, God destroyed the barrier of sin and self-centeredness that separated you from your holy God through his perfect son. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. Number four, God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in Christians, his people, with his presence. 
Our creator did this so that we could go beyond just knowing about him, that we could actually enter into a warmer relationship and friendship, an intimate family relationship with him. What a glorious offer and an awesome privilege. He said, if you seek me, you shall find me when you seek with me for all of your heart. Amen. Kind of hard to put a, a one liner on God and say this is what he's about. Well, thank God he puts it in simple terms so we can follow him. Go to Mark 4, if you will, just a moment. And uh, we're going to look at a, a couple passages here. Mark chapter 4. And we'll begin reading with verse 35. It says, In the same day when the event was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent them away, the multitude, they took him to him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it might, so that it was now full. Verse 38, it says, and he, to my Jesus, he was in the hinder part of the ship. He was asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest not that we perish. And he, Jesus, he arose, and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I, I, I had to remember where the scriptures were because I, I told Michelle, she was, uh, yesterday I said, I, I kept on getting these two words. And I, I said, I, I just had to do a little word search. And, uh, and the two words was a great calm. A great calm. And uh, I've been, th this will be my third or fourth time to mention it because, you know, during the holidays people are, are here and they're gone and such as this. So sometimes it takes two months to find everyone to say something you've been trying to say all along. So if it sounds some repetitious to some of you, others may not have heard it. But we, we ministered on a, um, a few weeks ago called the law of recognition. And out of that, the Holy Spirit uh, highlighted this part to me and said, keep this in front of you all the time this year. And this is it. The law of recognition would say it this way. Everything that you need, everything that you want, is already in your life merely awaiting your recognition of it. Amen. Now, if that's true, what if it's true? Everything that you want, everything that you need in life is already, is already in you, in your life. It's just merely awaiting your recognition of it. The um, Leonard Ravenhill, the great uh, revivalist and uh, evangelist, he said the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of an opportunity. In other words, opportunities come to us all the time. Or Roberts used to say that years ago. He said miracles are, passing, are coming your way every day. He says, but will you know it? Will you recognize it? Isaiah 43, we talked about last week. He says, behold, I do a new thing. 
But then the question was, but will you know it? Will you see it? Do you recognize it? One translated, it's already happened, but do you see it? So the, the law of recognition says that, that the Spirit of God is moving and, and, and working with us all the time. That, that, that we, 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 we live in a consistent life of supernatural. That we live in a consistent realm of, of miracles, signs, and wonders. It's important that we understand that. Not just a miracle for you. That belongs to you. But to come to the place to where you are the one whom the miracle works through others. That you are the hands and you are the feet of Jesus. That's the ultimate goal. It's not that we get a miracle. Because when you get to, to the place to where, you know, uh, it, the, the goal of the Father would be that, that you come to the place of just believing. In other words, blessed. And out of, out of the blessing, there's an overflow that, that flows into other people's life. Instead of living from miracle to miracle or miracle crisis to crisis, just enough to made it to just enough, that's not the will of God. But coming to the place of, of, of overflow. So that when you come to the place of living in the blessing, then you don't always need the miracle. Because the, 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 the blessing has so much uh, has so much ability to it, has so much weight in it, has so much substance in it, it crowds out any room to almost to need a miracle. Now, that's not, not, not never real because people have all kinds of situations. I mean, m money doesn't answer all things correctly. I mean, there's, there, there's people, you know, who's been millionaires and billionaires and they've come up with a terminal disease and their money and their fortune and their fame couldn't save them. Well, but when you live in the, in, in the blessing of the Lord, see, the, the Bible says the, the, the blessing, not the blessings, plural. It didn't have an S on it. The blessing, the covenant blessing of the Lord. He says, it, it the blessing, it the blessing, it the covenant will make you rich. Amen. And he'll add no sorrow to you. Amen. No sorrow. So these men, as you know, were in the boat and Jesus had been preaching all day. But we know what we call the parable of so in Mark chapter 4. And Jesus said, let's get in the boat. He says, in other words, we have, I have an appointment on the other side. In other words, we had a great day here, but we're finished here. We finished 2021 a couple of days ago. Now we're in the boat. Amen. You say, well, I, I, I want to bring some of that back. Well, you, you can't. You, you, you can't unwind the clock. Everything about God's forward. Amen. If there were great memories, carry them with them. The great experiences, remember them. If they were bad, forget them. Amen. Learn from them and forget them. And move forward. Move forward. So he said, let's, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. Well, he'd been teaching all day. Jesus had a natural body, so he was tired. He went to sleep. Right there in, you know, in just the, the helm of the boat. And the scripture says, in different translations, that this just wasn't you know, some waves out there. The Amplified said this was a storm of hurricane proportions. And Jesus is still sleeping in the boat. Still sleeping in the other boat. But remember, the word of the Lord, of Jesus is, what? We're going to go to where? It's time. He says we, 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 we accomplished what we need to accomplish, but now it's time to go to a new place. It's a new time. There's new opportunity. And now we're going to go to a, a new place. Isn't it interesting that how, how many would agree with me that Jesus lived in the will of God? 
So we, would it be the will of God that he went to the other side? Because people say, well, I wonder if Jesus missed it getting in the boat instead of waiting, you know, because he didn't watch, you know, <clears throat> the meteorologist to tell him what's going on. No. No. The will of God was to go to the other side. But notice Jesus himself is not eliminated from the storms of life. But what is he doing during the storm? He's asleep. I didn't stay up last night. I knew my phone said, you know, we're tornado warnings, whatever, from 8 o'clock till 5 o'clock this morning. I knew there was lightning. Sometimes I'd see it. I said what I was going to say to the storm before the, when they were talking about it. And I said what I said when I went to sleep. And I, I just reminded the Lord, I said, the Bible says you never slumber nor sleep. In other words, you're going to be awake. There's no need both of us being awake. So I just said what I, and I was supposed to say to the storms. Then I went to sleep. Someone said, well, yeah, but there's people been, you know, who believe what you believe, and they, they died and they're in heaven. Well, if that happened to you, what, be in heaven? I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> one of y'all would have to take service this morning. I'd be in heaven. <laughs> there might be two or three people might cry, I'm gone, you know, but, but I wouldn't be crying. People in heaven can't cry or missing you. Huh? There's nothing in them that can miss you. Isn't that good? I like that. You may think, like, I don't know. That just don't feel right, you know, because, you know, I got people there that I wish they were here. But, but, but aren't you glad they got so much joy and peace that they can't cry in that way for you? you? You're not living that kind of world yet. Right? We have things that make us want to cry sometimes. Get mad. Right? Upset. All kind of emotions. People in heaven don't have that. Dennis, I mean, I mean I'm sure there's been days you've missed your mother. But she doesn't miss you. She just can't. She just can't. Man, she just saying, that's my boy. Look at him. He's down there running that race. He's down there running that race. She's just excited about that. There's just nothing in her to miss you with. Amen. Now, she's looking forward to the time that, uh, of, of reigniting. And man, what a grand time that'll be. I don't know how heaven's going to work it out because I know there's, you know, it looks like there's a gate and I know it's, it's wide and I know it's and all that. But it just looks to me like, you know, when the rapture takes place, that's a lot of folks coming in the gate at one time. <laughs> and everybody kin folks is at the gate. And you, you got all these folks. You think you've seen some traffic on, you know, on 280? You ain't saw nothing yet. <laughs> but how many know some of your people, they're going to find you? They, some, they, they're going to find you. Might be pushing some saints back. Get back. I've been waiting longer than you had. That's it. Well, it probably won't happen that way. But anyway, I, I, I'm just believing God's got it all worked out, don't you? Amen. Amen. And no one's going to be in a hurry. You know, like we go somewhere and say, well, I got to go. We can't stay very long. Then, then if they tell you that in heaven, you say, no, no that's a lie. You, you're not supposed to be lying in heaven. You, you, you don't have to go nowhere. Amen. Michelle and Matt used to say, because... You know, she loved talking to the kids, but, you know, when she was called you, it's going, it's going to be a minute. So you had to pick your time, right? I mean, Matt said, you know, he'd wait till he's on the road and he's on, you know, he's working Georgia or something coming back. And he's, he talked to his mother, said, you know, he's told himself, he says, sometimes it helped me stay awake, you know, you know, coming back after a long day, I had to get home. So he called mama, which would thrill her, right? And you knew, you know, I can do this for three hours. It, it'll help keep me awake. <laughs> and she could do three hours. 
Now, my mother was different. She wanted to state your business and goodbye. She, she, she wasn't no phone person. In other words, hey, hey uh, yeah, okay, uh, anything else? Bye. <laughs> but my mother-in-law was just different. She, man, she could talk about everything and just, just loved, just, just enjoyed it so much. I don't even think she's got past 10 feet in heaven. Just, she, she's looking at every little thing, you know, it's every, enjoying all the, you know, the flowers and all such as that. She just barely passed the gate. When she gets all y'all Davis's in there, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we may be at the river of life where y'all still looking at weeds. I mean, or, or the, not weeds, but flowers. Because <laughs> she's going to demand some time. <laughs> she told us one day, she said, I know y'all are home. You just won't pick up that phone. <laughs> she finally put it on answers, didn't she? <laughs> Jessica's got proof of it, right? She, she called said, now I know all y'all are not gone. And I know I talk a while, but see, I mean, I know y'all can hear me, so this, I'm just going to tell you what I was going to say. Because I, I get it, but you're not going to pick up the phone. <laughs> and then the answer machine, you know, the, those old tapes, it just goes so far, beep, then she has to call again and, and, and do a new taping. <laughs> In other words, if you're not going to do it this way, we're going to do it another way. She loved a good joke, too. Love jokes. <laughs> well, we, we're going to go the other side. Huh? Uh, this is now a January thing. And you understand, I don't mean to put a you know, damper on the parade, but don't, don't think God is just looking to do something because it's January. It's just that we're, we're, it's a new year for us. Remember? He, he spans all eternity. He created time, but he, but he lives outside of his own creation. So he wasn't looking for January 1 and dropped a ball in, in New York. That, 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 that's like, Lord says, all right, everybody focus in on New York. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they did. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing the Lord just told heaven to be quiet. <laughs> you know. Now, here's Ryan Seacrest. No, I mean, it's just like, I didn't watch no drop of no ball. New York, as far as I'm concerned, they dropped the ball a long time ago. They've dropped the ball the last two or three years, big time. Now you're going to have to send some Holy Ghost folks there to get the ball picked back up and carry the ball. <laughs> Amen. We've had enough ball droppers. <laughs> Watched a bunch of them in football this week. <laughs> I was like, quit aiming at their hand and just uh, throw it for their mouth. Maybe they'll swallow it and, and just have to run it in there. <laughs> I'm carrying them. <laughs> That's what they, they said Pat died one time. I forgot who it was. I, they said uh, a guy, Pat died, went to a, this is a good Auburn joke. Anyway, they said uh, Pat Dye was, he was trying to get a recruit, and they said, man, he was, he was an excellent, I mean, uh, receiver. And so Pat Dye warned him, and he said, he says, I want you to come to Auburn. He says, it, well, he said, you're talking my talk. This is my dream. He said, but I got to know that, that, that you can catch that ball. C can you carry that ball? And he said, this boy, he was out from the sticks. He was in Tennessee. 
said never had a pair of shoes in his life. He said, this boy was tough. He walked through briars every day and never bothered him a bit. So Pat died. He was down there and, you know, took him down there to the local restaurant. And he said, he said, now this is the football. He said, oh, coach, I know what that is. He says, now can you carry it? He looked at it and he said, he said, well, coach, he said, if I'm, if I'm swallowed, I'm sure I can carry it. <laughs> <laughs> Pat died. I signed him up right then. Lifetime supply of preparation H. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everything that you need to want is already in your life. Yes. Just merely waiting for you to recognize it. Amen. So we're going to go to the other side. Yeah. Huh? So he kept on telling me about, he says, I want you to pay attention to those two words, a great calm. He said, your nation and the nations of the, the nations on the world, he says, have been, have been anything but calm. In the political realm. With pandemics, it wasn't just a pandemic for this nation. It was around the world. Millions of people aren't here today because of a pandemic. Don't, I, we won't get into the how-tos of this or how they, you know, I, I don't, please don't, don't want to do all that today. But I'm telling you, there's been a great unrest. And now there's going to come a great calm. There's going to come a great calm. Because he said, he says, we did what we, you, you did what you were supposed to do in 2021. You're here. But now he says, get out of 221 and go to 2022. But, he, but know this, that even in that, there might be a storm, but we're going to go to the other side. Amen. And Jesus knew he was meeting him there. He, he, he knew he was going to meet a devil. Right. And the devils come up to him and said, and they asked him, he said, the devil was speaking through the people there. They said, have you come to terrorize us before time? And he said, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the, the devils know there's a time that they will be terrorized. And they asked Jesus that question. They said, have you come to terrorize us before our time? And he said, uh-huh. Yep. Going to get an early start, boys. <laughs> And they said, we were thinking it was like two or three, three years. Now he says, no, it's today. It's today. <laughs> That's why y'all sent that storm around the way here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hurricane proportions. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, there's all, all kind of devils down that water just spinning around, <laughs> trying to create a storm. And, and the disciples were just like, don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? I mean, isn't that something, a terrible thing to tell the Messiah? Can you mind telling the Messiah, don't you care? Don't you, don't you even care about us? We're perishing. And what are you doing? You're sleeping. We can't get to 2022. We're going to get killed between one and two. <laughs> Jesus stood up and he rebuked the, rebuked the storm. What did he do to it? He got a conversation with a storm. Right? Maybe you have a storm that you need to have a conversation with. I'm, well, I'm just going to say, tell you that you do. How many of y'all breathing today? Yeah, you got some storms. You can see them. You can feel them. You got people around you tell about them all the time. Well, I can't do that because whatever. You know. Well, I couldn't do it that. No. Well, why don't we try? No, I've tried that. I don't know. Pastor, I know that. I, well, what'd you come here for? Well, I just thought you might have some. I do. I, do. I got the Bible. I got the Bible. The Bible says, husband, love your wife. Yeah, she don't know my wife. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Bible never says she had to love you back. <laughs> he says she's reflecting you. 
<laughs> That's a scary thought for her. <laughs> I'm, lo I'm looking like you. Stop this. <laughs> Stop this. You know, Ephesians 5 says, husband, love your wife, right? It didn't say wife, love your husband. It says husband, love your wife. As Christ what did what? Loved the church and did what? Gave himself for the church. He never told her to, never told her to love you. <laughs> but he knew this. He knew this. <laughs> Put it in context for people with sassy mouth. <laughs> he loved us first because he knew we would reciprocate it. Right? He knew we'd reciprocate it. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Amen. <laughs> I'm tempted to go to 1 Peter chapter 3. It's not, it's not a New Year's message in Amplified, and I would get no, no hardly any amen from the women. <laughs> Be led. The opportunity of your lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I might get in trouble like that man who stole that calendar on New Year's Eve and he got 12 months for it. <laughs> now, look, I, only got, I only got about 10 to 15 minutes. So, uh, uh, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. So, I, I want to give you this in a short form and then we'll go on for it later. These are things that you know. Here, here's how we're going to do this, that we're going from this, this, this side to that side. Amen. And I'm going to teach you something that you know, but I'm going to remind you of it. Huh? How many of you ever used a pencil sharpener, the, the old, in school when you was, we didn't have the electric one back then. When we was in class, well, I didn't, I, I didn't have air conditioning when I was going to school. Unless you went to a, a mobile home, then they had it. We had box fans. Yeah, I'm about 60, looks like. I mean, they keep telling me that all the time. <laughs> but anyway, you used to have a little pencil sharpener. You know, because the point got dull, it'd break off. And if it broke off, what'd you go do again? You'd look for nothing different, different did you? No, because that worked, you just got to work it again. So here, here's how you're going to go from this side to that side. If, 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 if I could just get us to think myself and us included, to do two simple things. It'd be the most amazing year that you ever had in your life. And you wouldn't need any revelation more than what you already have to do it. Think right and talk right. <laughs> if 2022, you start thinking right and talking right, all your problems will be solved. The Bible says a man's life is satisfied what comes out of his mouth. So if you're satisfied, then what's your problem? Well, his mouth doesn't talk right because his, his mind doesn't think right. As a man thinketh in his heart, that's, that's who he is. You, he, so he's telling you, you are exactly who you think you are. Well, I just feel like a failure. Well, you are because you think you are. Hmm? You said, but I have the ability. It doesn't matter if you have the ability. You, you need the belief to go with it. Amen. I watched him interview, and, and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to waste time on football, but I, I watched him interview a few of the Georgia players, which just massacred Michigan. You think, well, 
And it worked out good for, you know, Nick Saban because they got him, what, a 2-3 underdog. And he loves that. He, he, he wants to be, we're number one. We beat y'all already. We're going number two. But no one really wants to play that game too many times because the odds don't work that way. But it really works for him because they say, you played number four, and we don't even think they should have even been in there. They played, you know, number two and number three, and it was a beatdown. And they're already mad at y'all because this should never happen. So it's, it's going to be payback time. <laughs> so Saban's saying, did y'all hear this? We're, we're number one, and we're the underdogs. They keep calling us names. He calls that what? Yummy rat poison. <laughs> Yum, yummy rat poison. Well, we got some yummy rat poison ourselves. They're saying, you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this. But if we train ourselves to think right and talk right, your, your whole life will take shape. Amen. You think, well, I need to know a bunch of things. Now, really, you may learn a lot of things, but, but you, you just need to master two or three things. From here to the end of your life, if you could master two or three things, you, you'd have a very successful life. Hmm? Well, James, the, the, the book of James told us that, that if you can bridle your words, and he gave the analogy of a horse in a ship. He said, if you could put, if you, he said, anyone who can sit on a horse after it's been bridled, put the bit in its mouth. He says, if you're 50 pounds, 40 pounds, or 140 pounds, in other words, you can maneuver and control the wheel of a, of a thousand and fifteen hundred pound horse. Is that true? Right. Through, through a little bit in its mouth, you can control its wheel. Now, it may not want to go right, but you can change its mind just by affecting its mouth. That's in the Bible. Amen. That's in the Bible. He said, he said uh, uh, a man who could control his mouth can control his whole body and his whole life. Do I need to break that down anymore? He said, in other words, he said, if you don't get that, look, he says, how about a, how about a rudder on the ship? He said, no matter, you know, how big the ship or how small, it's got some form of rudder to bring direction. So if you want to change the direction of your life, see, a lot of people are just thinking like 2022 is like it's a new year and God's doing a new thing and I'm just going to sit here and wait for the new thing to happen. Do you, do, do, excuse me, ladies, we're going back into football again. But do you think Georgia, which is a really good team, and Alabama is just going to be sitting there saying, we're not, we're not going to practice, or we're not going to watch any film, they're, they're just going to say, we are the champions. <laughs> or do you think they'll have a little talk this week about some things? They'll work some things out in the weight room, in the film room, right? They'll have, they'll have strategy. Why are, why are teams like that champions? Because they have... They have, they have found out how to do it in their daily routine. Amen. Your daily routine determines what your life's going to look like. That's not a positive book's affirmation statement. That's Joshua chapter 1. God said, if you, if you just do this like Moses did, and you meditate and think like this, and make sure these words don't get away from you. In other words, read this. That's what Moses did. 
speak this like Moses did. He said, then you will make your way prosperous. In other words, the Lord told him to, to, to get his mind right and speak right. And he says, and you can take Moses' job. Can you imagine taking Moses' job? I mean, those people had been an issue, <laughs> don't you think? He says, but you are qualified to take Moses' job. If, he said, if, if you think right and you talk right. Amen. And he had been out there with them 40 years, you know, in the wilderness going around in circles. Because of people who didn't think right and didn't talk right. But at 85 years old, after the 40 years was over, Joshua had the range of this thing. And he says, I'm just as able now at 85 to take up this mountain as I was when I was 40. He says, give me a mountain, bless God. <laughs> you know, and, and he wasn't doing that with his walker. Give, 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 <laughs> give me a mountain. Even Moses, he died at what, 120? The Lord said, come on up the mountain. He says, die. He says, do what? He says, come on up here and die. You're th we're through. Come on home. You just come up here and die. He said, how you die? He says, I'll show you. Come on. And he, he said he went up the mountain. His, he said his natural forces were not abated. His eyes were not dim. And Moses went up the mountain. He says, see y'all, 120 years old. And just said, okay, I'm ready. How you do this? Well, then don't tell us. What are we waiting on? So the Lord really wasn't waiting on New Year's. He was waiting on you to be New Year minded. Amen. He wanted to do this during Thanksgiving. Amen. He wanted to do this last July. So we want to keep this fresh before us. Amen. Now, so quickly, we're going to do this and we'll pick it up Wednesday night, I suppose. It's about decreeing. Decreeing. What is a decree? It's a, it's a formal, authoritative order that, have, that has the force of law. It's a purpose or edict of royalty, as in a biblical records, often decreed by a king. This is what a decree is. From the Bible, a decree is a royal issue of words that carries the power of a king over its subjects, such as Daniel and Esther and Ezra. So when the king would release a decree... It had the power to change the course of cities and nations through a spoken decree. The decree was always set and published. And then they would post it on the city gates, also posted it in the marketplaces. And whatever the demand of the king was, it was necessitated for total obedience and usually a response from the people. We know that Job twenty two twenty eight says, And you shall decree a thing, and that which you decree, that which you speak, shall be established, and the light shall shine upon your ways. I looked at the word decree just in the dictionary. It says a rule of law issued by a head of state according to certain procedures. So a decree was a written document. It would be very specific. It would be very clear. It was an official law. And it had to be carried out according to the king's wishes. Failure to carry out the decree was punishable at that time, even unto death, if you did not carry out the decree. So I'm going to be watching y'all this year. No, <laughs> we know that from Romans 4, 17, so that God called things that be not, even as though they were, as if they already existed. God called things that be not. He decreed things that were not as if they already existed. You know that. That word call, if you want to look it up in the Strong's, 
one of the definitions of the word call, which I'm uh, in Romans 4, 17, God called things that be not. In other words, he promised Abraham and Sarah a child, right? So he said, God called things that be not. Remember, the time had already passed. She had been barren all her life. He's 100 years old. She's 90 years old. And the Lord says, but you're going to have a child. And he called things that be not as if they already were. The Amplified said he called them as if they already existed. In other words, God talks at things that already exist because he understands time. He created the time. He understood that, that, that the, for humans it would be like a nine-month process for a baby. He created all that, but he's living outside of that. So he's, he's calling things that be not in your time, but it's everything's in his time. He calls it forth because what? It's what he desires. He was merely waiting on Abraham and Sarah's recognition of the promise. The word called, if you look it up in the Strong's, one of the definitions is the word summoned. God summoned things that be not as if they were. Now, what is a summons? Anyone ever got a summons to jury duty? Mm -hmm. is, is that like come if it works out? <laughs> I mean, if I don't have to go to Dairy Queen or somewhere today, I mean, just come on by. We got this little case. I mean, there's ways you can get out if you, if you got something legitimate. But when you've been summoned to court, it's not a suggestion, is it? So when God teaches us to call things that be not, it is a summons for it to appear. It's, it's, it's a summons for it to appear. He says, because there's been a great unrest in, your, in, 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 your, in the people's lives. He said, there's been a great unrest in your nation and in the world. There's been a great unrest uh, in the political realm of your life. He says, but I am telling you to call things summons them to be this because now the storm has already taken place and now it's ready for a great calm. Amen. Because it's time to go to the other side. We got more things to do in 22. Amen. So we're calling things. In other words, we're making an official decree is what we're doing. We're not just speaking words out into the atmosphere and they're going nowhere. No, light be and light was. And people say, well, it just takes a long time. Well, I just told you. When God said light be, it, it, it started 186,000 plus miles per second. Amen. That's pretty fast. So when, Rome, when uh, Hebrews 4 says the word's quick, I guess it, I guess it is. <laughs> the word's quick and powerful. Yeah, it, it's moving fast. You, you don't want everything God can do for you as quick as he can do it. It knocked you over at 186,000 miles per hour. <laughs> God has to put the slow down for you to survive it. Ooh. Why don't we just get a miracle this morning? Why don't we just have a miracle this morning? Why don't we just let the Lord do what He wants to do for just a moment?